With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. in this tier with everyone else you you think he's gonna crap he's gonna do his business in that toilet i do i think he's gonna do that that's right that's right he's doing that for sure <laughs> that might be the most crazy thing you've ever said on the show in the history of the show oh yeah baby what's up we're crazy here it's tuesday after memorial day ahmed farid is here he did say crap on the last show. I did. You know, he couldn't explain one of the tears the quarterbacks were in because it had a bad weird, bad word in it. Yeah. But he did say crap and redeemed himself. Hope yeah. everybody had a good weekend. How about you? Did you have a good one? My wife was like, what, what got into you? What, right. What's got into you here? What are you doing saying crap on the yeah. podcast and now? When would you say? Midlife crisis. Midlife crisis? Yeah. And you're like, that damn Chris Sims, is, he's starting <laughs> to rub off on me, honey. I did. Like, I that was my favorite part of the last pod, though. It's like, if you told Baker Mayfield, hey, did you hear on the Chris Sims podcast they said you were going to take a dump? In a toilet, he's like, "What? Are you serious?" It was like, actually, it was a compliment. It was a good thing. It was a like, good you thing. You were going to not get right. off the pot. Yeah, you were going to do your business. And exactly. You're gonna take the job and you're run with it. Yeah. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, so no, we was, have our weird ways we of do. explaining things, but we did it. Uh, no, it was good. I was uh, in your old stomping grounds in Tampa, covering the Dodgers and Rays. Oh, for that's our baseball right. Game on Peacock. That's awesome that you so had that showdown right there. Rays won a close one, right? I heard. Yeah, it was eleven yeah. to ten. It was yeah. an offensive explosion, which twenty-one runs. The game still lasted two hours, and I think it was 53 minutes. Yeah, so it's amazing. Baseball's back. Yeah, baseball is back. I'm liking that new rule. All right, so did you get to enjoy Memorial Day at not all? Not really. No? A little bit. Oh, we went to a carnival yesterday with yeah? the kids. Okay. So a little sun, but not much. Not much? Did you much? do the family grill out? And I did. I had, a, I had a good week, a good weekend. I did a little everything this weekend. Yeah. Went out to eat in New York City one night, oh. saw the Jersey family, had to go there for a baptism. Uh, yeah, Got some workouts in, you know, me had some drinky, drinky, smoky, smoky, yeah. uh, got, got in the pool a little bit, you know, yesterday did a little, just like my family, we did, you know, steaks, barbecues, playing playing baseball and basketball in the driveway so with my son. With it family, was, it was a great, that much family great. time over the weekend. Can yeah. Be, yeah. Can no, it dicey. was good. It was good. It was, uh, it was just right. And, and we had had it all. I love, it was, I love Memorial day weekend. I really do. It's yeah. like a great American tradition. It's like the unofficial start of summer, right? It just feels good. Kids are come, winding down with school. We're winding down with work a little bit. So it's a good time of the year to be alive right and now. And I make it a priority every year now. And my yeah. wife is like, are we going to do it again this year? I was like, we're going to do it. We went to the Memorial day parade. Oh, our Good local town you. there, yeah, the, right. The veterans from World War II were right. walking, and uh, yeah. it, it was really cool. And I, in in our town, there's a lot of clapping that happens in a parade. Yeah. For, for Memorial Day sure. parade, it's appropriate. It is, it is like, definitely. You have like different, like, yeah. Memorial Day parade where I grew up in Jersey, that was always an awesome thing. First off, the people in the parade threw candy to the kids on the side of the road, yeah. right? We didn't get that. Oh damn! What are you guys doing over there? I don't there? know what happened there. Yeah, 
I, mean, I was dis- very disappointed. A little by that. cheap up here in Connecticut. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. Just saving health. Fu- co- no health conscious. <laughs> health conscious. You know okay, I like yeah. that. I can get behind that. Yeah, we used to do that, but like, yeah, like the town football little league team might run a play right yes. at the parade, and you clap like, "Oh, Johnny threw a pass to Mikey down yeah. the middle." Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so that was it is. It's it's good family. There's so few things that bring the whole community together. Right. I feel like you, you really no. need you really need those, and so yeah, we went. We had a fun time. And, good. And now we're done with it. And all now right. we're back here with all of our coworkers. Yeah. And we're back to work. Back to back work. Back to grinding. Back to the top 40 back quarterback to countdown. And more importantly, too, I'm so glad, and I hope he walks by at some point, our boss, Sam Flood, yeah. from Boston. Yeah. Uh, just can't wait to tell him about the Heat winning last night. Can't wait to let him know. <laughs> hey, Heat he won. You guys choked in game seven. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was a series that no one crazy correctly. It was just like, well, Boston's going to win. Oh, it's like, oh, no. And then once everyone got on the Heat, then Boston started winning. And then everyone's like, well, obviously Boston's going to win game seven. Right. And then the Heat And that's won. when so the Heat win. The Heat are unreal that way. All so wrong that was, every that step was of fun the way. to watch last night. Yeah, Boston, who's been dominating sports for this century, too long, has two seven game series losses this to, year. To the eight Bruins. Seeds. Bru- right, and to eight seeds. Never, right. never happened before so in game seven. This might be a sign. What? We might be going back again. Well, they might be going to 80 years of crapola like they did in the yeah. last century. Yeah, Bill's getting down, up there too in I'm years. Sure, so he's I'm sure. I'm ho- I'm hoping for it as a New Yorker. Um, all right, this is all what right. I'm. This is what yeah, I'm hoping for. It. You know, let's do it. I'm hoping to really dive into this top 20 now. I mean, we've done almost 20. What 21 so far? Yeah. So now we're we're going 19 through 14 today. Before we can do that, we're gonna listen what to the Chris Sims quarterback countdown song. Damn, I'm good. Oh, quarterback list. Oh, here we go again. Just open me up for criticism, whatever. Oh, quarterback list. Who can I piss off this year? Who can I not piss off this year? Oh, quarterback list. You know, put it on the kitchen table. Have a rough draft there. Quarterback list. I leave it there like a puzzle almost. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's did it. some I mean, more of that this weekend. You just, oh yeah, yeah. You just open yourself up. Every, you know, we did the draft season, and you open yourself up there to criticism. Yeah. And then we go, well, we'll give you a week off of that, and then we'll get back 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 in the lab. So that's what what we're we're doing for you. Uh, As I mentioned, it's 19 through 14, so six quarterbacks. So, and these are quarter. This is an interesting group because they're all in one tier. We've tiered off our quarterbacks this year, and the tier is the clocks ticking. Yeah, I think it's fair tier here that we're talking about. We're talking about some guys where, yeah, they 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 got to make it happen right now, or they might get relegated to being a backup or. Uh, these are important years to their career here to set themselves up and be in the right spot for the next three or four years, as you know, right? I mean, other than Josh Allen and Mahomes and Burrow, I mean, most guys in the NFL, I mean, you have a year or two of average, you're, they're looking to replace you, right? So, and I think we got a group here that's kind of got, you know, some of that stuff there, and they got to have a good year to kind of solidify themselves as a starter or still being the guy of the organization or right. a new organization, and we got a little of all of that here in the yeah, next Yeah, I, I think for the most part, this yeah. group of quarterbacks right. almost are capped, and where most people think, like, this is their ceiling. This yeah. is their range. Right. They're not top 10 quarterbacks anymore, and they're barely hanging on maybe to top 20 here, yeah. and depending on what happens. Uh, excuse me. Bless you, Morgan. Uh, bless you, bless you. Uh, Morgan. A sneeze if you were wondering who that camera. was in the yeah, background. You heard, probably didn't hear it at all, but <laughs> yeah. I felt bad not blessing me Morgan. Too. because me it was, too. Uh, she deserves to be blessed. She deserves to be blessed. Right. Uh, so let's get right into it. Let's do it. 19, who is uh, this player is lower than I would have thought I, it, before we did this podcast. Well, when I originally made this list, he was a few spots higher. He was. But then as I started to dive in deeper and deeper, 
You know, and again, we're talking about, okay, you know, what he is right now, training camp, whatever. I got to be real and take into account, wait, there's a little injury here with this guy that matters. And that's where we're going to go to number 19, Kyler Murray. All right? 19, Kyler Murray. Hey, this is still an incredible talent in the NFL. Incredible talent who has serious questions, though, about his leadership and his ceiling versus top NFL defenses. That would be my big question about Kyler Murray as we go forward. Mm -hmm. His talent is better than 19. You know that. That's why you're surprised. I know that. You know, you kind of just said this might be the capped off group. This would be one guy I'd sit here and go, he can rise. He still has top 10 quarterback physical abilities. But we know that there's more than that in being quarterback. You know, one, yeah, you, you, how, how can we not question the leadership and the, some of the stuff that surrounds Kyler Murray right now? You know, again, is some of it fair? Certainly not. But is it real? Certainly. You can't avoid that, I don't think, right? I mean, you've heard all the stuff. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Mm-hmm. There's too many players, coaches, ex-players, all of that, who all bring up that type of situation, let alone DeAndre Hopkins even talking about, hey, he wants to go to a place with a top quarterback and you know all those type of things. So there's just questions about Kyler Murray and his maturity and his ability to lead right now. So since you're starting right yeah. there, let me just throw this yeah. at you because DeAndre Hopkins did also stick up for Kyler yeah. Murray. And right. he said this quote, he goes, Tom Brady will cuss out everyone on the sideline for whatever that's Tom Brady but if Kyler does it it's the talking topic of everything so I think for him he's misunderstood he's a competitor the dude likes playing basketball he wants to beat at shooting things in the trash can ping pong whatever and for me I love it he's misunderstood because he is so competitive so there he's trying to give a little bit of a yeah he did that was great That, that was great that he stuck up for him that way it was it doesn't still change the perception that's out there and some of that you know, yeah, it's not fair, but some of that is Kyler Murray's own doing too. Some of that's the organization, right? Some of that's Patrick Peterson and what he's said. Some of that's what, you know, other people who have played for Arizona have said behind the scenes a little, right? You know, so we've heard it all. Well, they have something in your contract that, that uh, then says the you contract have to watch, watch film. film. You know, even though they took that out, it still was a thing. It still was a it. thing. And obviously it wasn't a thing because it was not a thing. It was a thing because it was like, hey, we're kind of worried about him in this department yeah. and we'd like to see him improve there. All right. So that's where we are with Kyler Murray. Now, when you talk about the the talent of the guy, I mean, again, he's still one of the best runners in the sport. He's dangerous as hell. We know that. He's got an incredibly strong arm still. There's no doubt about that. But what I would say as of watching last year and even a little bit from notes I had from two years ago, one, accuracy on big-time throws and that has definitely declined. And I think there's some mechanical things there. But he lets his arm get so far behind him at times and angles where I'd go, no other quarterback in football does that. In fact, you don't ever see anybody throwing a football does that. It's really kind of a baseball motion. Hmm. And at times that can lead him to, you know, I told you before we started the show, like a 20-yard crosser, right, where you might go, oh, he's open and the ball's just a little off target. And to me, a lot of the times is because of the way his mechanics are. It's just a lot of moving parts to throw the ball at times. Now, he's still got a quick release. Like I said, it's explosive arm. But it goes more into we hit the leadership. Okay, we know the arm's good. You know, we know the running's good. But what I still worry about is his size in the pocket. He can't always see in the pocket. I see a few plays, you know, every 10 drop back passes where I go, Ooh, that guy's kind of open over the middle. He needs to throw that. Or this guy's about to come open, and you've got a little pressure. Just slide and make the throw. But he will just – it's like, oh, I got a little pressure, and he just looks to run or make a move, right? Or maybe find the shorter throw. 
And to me, that's where some plays and some opportunities are left on the field, let alone where I question and what we talked about here to start with the statement, you know, can Kyler Murray win ugly games? Can he win ugly games 17 to 14? It's tough. You got to hang in the pocket. The pockets collapse in every play. And, you know, there's some plays where the guy's open and you're just going to have to take the shot and get hit and throw the 20 yard curl route, right? There's too much of that that does not happen in his game where I want to go. And this is what always helps me when I watch them consecutively because then I can, this is what these are the little things where I go, well, we're going to talk about some other guys here in front of them. Then I go, yeah, they don't have his physical ability, but. I could show you eight or ten plays that are similar to what he's got, and they just stand in there and make the throw. And they go, so what? It's tight. I'm going to get hit, but I'm big, and I can handle that. And those are the things I question about him a little bit as we uh, go along here. Yeah, he statistically had his worst year. His team was 3-8. and eight. He has yards per attempt were 6.1. Yards per completion were 9.1. Passer rating of 87. You see what he's done here from 2019 to yeah. 2020. He was off this year. And got hurt. And, and some of the off. throwing, too. That dates back a couple of years. You've been talking about that a while. two years now. Shoulder injury. Right, right. And then ever since then, you're like, it doesn't quite look the same. It does, it, I feel like he, he tweaked his mechanics a little during that shoulder injury to probably deal with the pain or the discomfort or whatever and hasn't got back into what he was when he was in his first year of the NFL or first two years in the NFL. So that is that is something. And, you know, I just, hey, you know, again, I, I, he's got a quick release. I know he can hit little five-yard out routes, but you know what, what I always talk about. I mean, those power throws, those explosive plays, those are the biggest things in the sport right now. Yeah. And you can't miss 15-yard out routes or 20-yard in cuts, whether you miss the throw or you can't see or you're just a little, hey, I'm small and I'm impatient in the pocket. You know, again, th- that's a reality, but it can't be an excuse. And those are things that, you know, he has to improve on uh, in, in my in my. In, in my opinion. Do you think he will be able to show some different things now? Because Cliff Kingsbury is gone. Uh, the GM that drafted him is gone now, which might be a good – yeah. who knows right there, right? You might be a make-or-break-it year when we see Kyler come back. Uh, homie Tanner Morris tweeted me. He goes, have a feeling we're going to be seeing Kyler's name here soon on the countdown. Gannon should bring some of the concepts from Philly. And o- offensive coordinator Drew Petzing should bring that Stefanski scheme from Cleveland so that Kyler will learn a new offense for the first time in years. What does Kyler need to show to keep them from using all their draft ammo next year to get Caleb Williams and prove that he is the quarterback of the future? I, I just well, See, that's the thing. That's the other thing that's out there, right? So this is like, you know, a lot of people, this is where we're talking about, like, hey, this is a big year. This is it right here. Even though he did you know? just sign a five-year, $230 million extension. Right. There's always ways to... Finagle, get out of it, right? But, like, yeah, this is where he's on the clock is ticking type of thing. You know, because we we talk about, yeah, if they don't play well and, you know, maybe he doesn't look the best coming off an injury and, oh, no, now he can't run the same. And, again, an injury is why he's at 919 too. Yeah, one of his greatest attributes has been taken away. He's not going to be as mobile as he is, you know, right now. So I got to kind of see that a little bit. But, yeah, just all of that. That perception, all of those type of things, I think are all surrounding what we're talking about a little bit. Maybe a lack of maturity, a lack of detail, whatever you want to be. I'm not trying to be too judgmental. I'm a big fan of Kyler Murray. People you should know that if you listen to me. But I think those are real things that are surrounding him, let alone, hey, we've talked about always. 
You know, there's certain teams in football that would never have Kyler Murray as a quarterback. They don't believe in that small quarterback because of the things I'm saying. Hey, when we play a good team in the NFC playoffs or whatever, we don't and, – and, you know, the speed sweeps and the screen passes are away, and, man, t- life is tough, and you've got to stand in there and make, you know, throws, right? Can he do that? And that's, I still think, a big question around the NFL is whether Kyler Murray can win tough December, January football games against the elite teams in the NFL. And I do think you're seeing the narrative switch on him a little bit. I do think people want to see if Kyler Murray can be that quarterback. Right. Uh, Your friends over at Bleacher Report recently named Kyler the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Uh, Gary Davenport over there says he has yet to post a 4,000-yard passing season. He was 14th in the league in passing yards, 12th in touchdowns in his last full season. He's six games under 500 as a starter, and his lone playoff start was an absolute catastrophe. Now, he also said that he's not he's not bad by any means, but no. he's just not that It's elite, a lot of hype. 1-1, one, one, like the guy that yeah. like could one day. Yeah. Be, I think maybe a couple years ago people were saying, what are the quarterbacks playing right now who you could see as possible MVPs in the league? And I think Kyler Murray was sure. a popular answer. Sure, and I don't think – I'm not going to hold them out on that you conversation. You think that's still within the realm of possibility? I do. I'm not giving up on that. I'm not. There's still too much ability. There is, but, you know – for all the things that was just said right there, yeah, those are all real questions. They are. Let alone, yeah, you know, decisions, handling yourself, right body language that permeates through your team, the right attitude on the sideline. Yeah, all of that's real. And, and DeAndre Hopkins is right. Yeah, he gets held to a different standard. You know, I mean, yeah, Brady gets to say things, and people go, oh, what a great leader. And we've talked about this. Other guys say things, and they go, oh, man, how could he be like that? It's not always fair that way. But that is the, 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 the facts of the matter right now. And, you know, to the point of what Bleacher Report said and some of that, I think that's what, you know, jumps out when you watch some of the stuff there where, yeah, again, there's a lot of good plays and highlight plays and wow plays, but there's not enough of the consistent B-plus plays that you need, right? That's what I'm saying. He's got a lot of the A-plus and A's where you go, ooh, 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 what a run, what a throw. Oh, my gosh. But it's like, hey, this one just, hey, little subtle slide to the right and stand in there and throw the in-cut. But instead we're, oh, no, looking down and we got to run. And it's like, no, you're good. Just stand there, throw it, right? And those are the plays that are being missed right now and I think those lead to some of those numbers that are lacking. Yeah, he's in, got in an apartment. overall grade maybe of a B plus but he never gets a B plus. It's either A or C exactly. or D. There you go. Yeah. Exactly right. Like I think that's a good way to put it. Out. So we don't know when he's going to come back. Nope. He's currently rehabbing from that uh, ACL so that's TBD but we'd like to see him back because we'd like to see Kyler Murray play and we'd like to see him move up this list perhaps. We would. Uh, number 18, the guy that is currently one spot ahead of Kyler Murray is? Is Derek Carr, the New Orleans Saints quarterback, right? Derek Carr, you know, again, a guy been around for a long time, uh, smart, right? I mean, you know he's going to attack the game with the right professional attitude, a reliable veteran. Really exciting uh, breakdown of well, your 18 quarterbacks I so know. Far. Well, hey, <laughs> a reliable veteran but safe decision maker who just never seems to let it fly. And he came off. It's a down year for Derek Carr, right? I mean, he's a guy that, yeah, we've had years where he's four or five spots ahead of this. He's been fringe top 10, yeah, He 11. was 11 last year. Right, so he, he's got some ability there. But the, last year was bad, and I don't know where – you know, we're going to see where it goes here with New Orleans. But I think with, with Derek Carr, like I talked about, you know, knows how to play the position. I know that. You know, good, quick, tight release, good decision maker, got good, quick feet in the pocket, right? All that. Has touch and anticipation. 
But, you know, my big thing, and you've heard me say this in years past, where I thought last year it was two years ago it was better. This year he took a step back in this department. He is too safe of a decision maker, you know. And he not only too safe of a decision maker, but also at times doesn't want to throw the appropriate ball into some you know, tough situations where I go, oh, no, you got to throw the, the heater right here and you got to, you know, put some juice on it and hit the guy right in front of the numbers and he's open and do it, right, where he can be reluctant to throw that ball or he throws a ball where he throws it really safe and he's like, hey, maybe my guy gets it or no guy gets it. And I want to go, okay, that's okay, but, you know, hey, you're playing a good team here. You got to throw this strike here in this moment, right? And that, those are the things that, you know, he can miss at times. Like I wrote, he can't always paint the corners with his fastball. I want more tight window throw accuracy. He can do it, but it's like he doesn't trust himself at times, mm-hmm. right? Because you see it. I see every now and then. I go, oh, there it is. Now, why didn't he do it the next six times in the same opportunity? That's where I don't get, you know, at, at times. And then, you know, doesn't let down plays develop enough. That would be the other thing that was a real negative to me. Where, you know, again, drop back to pass, and it's different than Kyler Murray here. Drop back to pass. Hey, you've been playing football a while. You can see that corner route's about to come open against this coverage. You're protected. Pat the ball one other time and then hit him for a 25-yard gain. Instead, the ball's already out, and it's in the flat for a four-yard gain, right? Where you go, hey, good play, completion. But I'm sitting there going, man, pocket was perfect. There's about to be a guy. Devontae's coming open for a 30-yard gain. Why are we worried about throwing the ball in the flat to Foster Moreau or whoever, right? So that's another negative of his yeah. game right now uh, that, that, that hurt a little bit this last year. So let's look at his uh, ranks last year compared to the rest of his career because it was, in, in many accounts, like his worst statistical career or year in his career. I think for a completion percentage, it was his low, lowest since his rookie year, yards per game lowest since 2017. So what, what you just described right there, yeah. if you, if you were just didn't know the ranking, seems to me like a guy who's in the – Sam Darnold, Kenny Pickett, Baker Mayfield, like mid to late 20s range. So clearly you like him better than those guys. I like him because he has the ability Why? to run an offense and execute the offense. That's where he's got some of those guys beat, right? But like Sam Darnold, where I like, he'll let it fly, maybe a little too much. But like yeah. he'll be like, oh, I'm going to wait. I can see this 20-yard route's going to come over. I'm going to hang in here and throw it. So Derek Carr at his best does what? Derek Carr at his best does has a great blend of – letting the system work for him and then having some, you know, difference making a splash of difference making plays or throws every game. That's what I feel like we saw in their playoff run two years ago. Surgical can do the offense, make right decision, right decision. And every now and then we need you to make a play Derek Carr and he can he did that. This past year was, you know, almost a reversal of that. You know, one told you about the downfield plays. You know, see it over and over, missed big play opportunities all year long, and then, you know, played some of his worst football and some of the biggest moments of the year. I think that's the other thing you look at, too. Mm-hmm. And again, we talk about, you know, some other guys and some tough situations or whatever else. Hey, I know he was learning the new offense, and that's part of the problem here, too. But it's like some of it's like, man, it doesn't matter what offense you're in. This, I use, this play is the same in Gruden's offense or McDaniel's offense. And you're too good to make that decision or not go to the second guy here or whatever else. There's that. But the, the misthrows and turnovers and lack of aggressive plays in big moments 
were a huge part of the Raiders not getting to the playoffs or the record they had this year. That was the one thing. When I started to go back and watch his games, whether it's horrible turnover at the, in the Rams game when they're in control or missing horrible turnovers and missed throws and big moments against the Steelers, missing Hunter Renfro wide open down the middle. Yeah. You know, some plays left on the board in the Jaguars game where they were up 27 to 10. He could have made a few plays and put the game away. You know, there's just there's a lot of that this past year, and uh, I think that's what leads me to, to make him number <laughs> You know, what the hell number are we on? 18. 18. Yeah, so Saints fans are like, oh, cool. Chris has got uh, Derek Carr in the top 20. Let's go listen to it. Ooh, ouch. Ooh, ah, ooh. Um, So let me me throw this at you. And Pete notes in a rundown, you know, he's 32 years old. But does does he get enough credit for what he has done up to this point in his career? So with the Raiders, where he ranks, like, with the all-time rank. I mean, he was there for quite a long time, and they were pretty good. They had had a playoff run there. He didn't get to play in that because he was hurt in the playoffs. But I think we have his franchise ranks with uh, the Raiders, and this is all the franchise record. So, yeah, he's number one in passing yards, passing touchdowns, fourth-quarter comebacks, game-winning drives, and starts by a quarterback. Man, the Raiders maybe uh, didn't know what they had. Well, I, I get that. But a little bit of that is like circumstance, lack of other options. They never brought anybody in to compete with them. I mean, again... All of that is all good, but it's also like it didn't translate to a ton of wins, and it led to one playoff game, right? Well, let me, but let me say this to you yeah. now, as yeah. I continue to try to get you to say something positive about your 18 quarterback. <laughs> um, so, uh, Josh, well, I got plenty to say. I, I know, get no, you, and you yeah. have, you have. Um, but Josh would take him back right now with the uncertainty what's happening with Jimmy Garoppolo that he probably is or would have been a better better choice well maybe I don't know if they knowing that group there like the things I explained and I think the leadership style and all that I just don't think that's their cup of tea right you know now listen I know the Jimmy Garoppolo situation has certainly made things interesting there right Mm -hmm. uh I, I get what you're saying but I think he's more their cup of tea stand in the pocket oh it's tight window we don't care and you know Jimmy likes that tight pocket, work it in there, throw it in a tight window, you know, hang in there, take the shot. That's Jimmy Garoppolo is willing to do that. So yeah. that that's something for sure, you know. And I'm not giving up on Derek Carr. I'm not. There's still, like, again, Derek Carr, there's still a lot of good. But the like, clock is ticking. The clock is ticking. And, and, again, I think, you know, he had a great career there, you know, statistics and all that. But, yeah, can we question, can he take a team and carry them on the ba- on his back, you know, can he be the kind of leader that, you know, the whole team rallies around? I think those are still questionable type of things in, in his career there. You know, he doesn't have big-time, you know, physical ability. Smart, quick release, pretty accurate. I get that. But it's like a little above average athlete for the NFL quarterback this day and age, right? And a little above average arm strength for the NFL quarterback this day and age. That doesn't mean you can't be successful and real good. Yeah. But, you know, you need to be really good in some of these other departments if those are some of your physical qualities, you know, you're bringing to the table. Derek Carr may wish he wasn't ranked at all. He just wishes he was outside Damn, the top Damn, was I 40. that negative? <laughs> no, but, I mean, you're, you're just realistic with, you know, a guy who you had 11th last year. So, of course, you think you took a step back, and here are the reasons why you think you took a step back. You, want, you mentioned well, that the yeah. offense, too, with – 
with McDaniels and Gruden. I mean, they're trying to do a lot of the same things. With Gruden, though, he looked a lot better. I know. And now you've heard reports of Gruden hanging out with the yeah. Saints, maybe. So maybe he I does I think Gruden in that things. system fits him better. Okay. Get the ball out, quick decisions, don't hang in the pocket and all that. So he could look better this Where, year. Like, and, and it's look, and Gruden's offense a lot of time is short to long is the look. Where McDaniels in New England, it's again, it's Bill Parcells, the Giants, it's definitely long to short and it's hang in there because you see that guy is going to be open and I don't that that's maybe not his best part of his game there right to where I think this offense and where Gruden is hey you know West Coast get the ball out smart decision get it out get it out get it out just keep doing that and then they dial up the big play right that's what they do that's what Gruden does here's five yards eight yards five yards five yards five yards okay they're playing a little bit too much of that hey remember that play we drew up on Wednesday here comes the corner post for 60 right mm -hmm. you know when I call this I want you to throw the post period right where in in like McDaniel's offense it's part of the read and it's like what the corner post was there why the hell didn't you stand in there and make the throw Right, and it's a little different that way. It's so that's where the offensive rhythm mindset's a little different, and I don't know if it fit, you know, simpatico yeah. there. Um, but we'll see. I, I, he's a guy that I know is driven. He works hard, and maybe just needed a new change of scenery, and and he gets back into an offense that fits him. And he is ranked as your top NFC South quarterback on well, your list. He's ahead of Baker and Andy Dalton and Heineke and Bryce Young and Desmond Ritter. Um, does that make the Saints your? favorite in the nfc south I, right now the saints i, I, I you know plus they are the favorite right the saints plus and the falcons would be my two favorites yeah. and the saints i mean if you made me bet money i'd probably bet on the saints just because of the Derek Carr situation you know again really good defense offensive lines very good they can run the ball and we've hit on it you talk about michael thomas back in the fold with olavi and rashid shaheed and Jawan Johnson, a running back, I mean, a tight end, and, you know, Kamara, depending on his situation of suspension and all that, I mean, they have a chance, I think, to be definitely one of those teams that kind of rises on the on the scene. You'd bet on Derek Carr having a better year than he had last year. Definitely. Okay. I would. I would. I, listen, he's been through a lot. I think it's this change of scenery, a little new energy, all of that will do him uh, a lot of good here, and, and uh, I'm excited for his new start in New Orleans. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. <laughs> oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Goal for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this! How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. I hope the next quarterback on your list has a much better year than last year. And last year was good, too, for him. Uh, your number 17 quarterback is? Is Ahmed Vareed's favorite quarterback in football, right Jared now. Goff. That is true. Yeah, right that's now. right. I, hey, I know I haven't been, like, the biggest Jared Goff supporter in the past and all that, but there's no doubt about it that that was definitely his best season, all right?
No doubt. Now, he's got a limited upside, but he's more talented than he gets credit for, right? That, that would be the thing that I would throw out there with Jared Goff. And, you know, big, tough, right, has an underrated feel for the game. And what I mean by that is just like what we're saying. Like, you've heard me bring it up two or three times now. Like, having a feel for what's going to be there. Oh, this play's called, and ooh, I'm going to get this coverage, and, you know, uh, I should have this guy open, or this guy should be here to me, make this type of throw. Oh, wait, yep, it's exactly what I thought. Oh, wait, i got to buy a little time or sit on my back foot, and I'm going to get a 30-yard completion. He's, he's got a good feel that way, or a good feel for how the game's going overall, and then he can get really conservative and be like, wait, we're in a defensive struggle, and I'm not going to take any chances. But overall, a pretty aggressive decision-maker. You know, and I said, big, tough, underrated feel for the game. The thing I love about him and your fearless Detroit Lions quarterback is he yeah. is fearless. I mean, he wants to stand in the pocket and make throws. And that's where I do like him. He doesn't have the sexiest release, right? It's a little long and elongated at times. He doesn't throw great spirals. But when you want to... You know, 20-yard crossing route, 30, 40-yard corner route, things like that. He's a good deep ball thrower, and he's not afraid to throw what I call the power explosive play type of throws into tight windows, and he doesn't flinch when he does it. And that has made your offense very dangerous and tough to deal with last year. Yeah. That coupled with the run game you guys had and a few creative screens here and there, and now you're defending the whole field, and that's where I give Jared Goff a lot of credit. Yeah, and I think there was the thought, too, that you know he's away from Sean McVay. He's had his best years with Sean McVay. There's no way. That's the best coaching he's going to get, and so yeah. you go away from there. And Not we're the, not same, see the quality. same guy. Not yeah. the same quality there. Yeah, Ben, ben Johnson was awesome last awesome. year. I'm glad he's still going to be around with the Detroit Lions. And They've pushed him. And so, exactly, they, they, he's doing different things now with the Lions yes. than he did with the Rams. I think they pushed him. I think he realized, wait, my back's against the wall for my professional starting quarterback career here. i got to start to make some plays and throws where, yeah, maybe I didn't have to do them in L.A. because we were real good. My defense was awesome, and my coach said, hey, you know, if it's not there, don't take a chance because we'll hand it off to Gurley or throw a screen to him later, and he'll break one. Don't worry. So just, you know, don't force it. They pushed the envelope with him a little bit, and you see that, and it's made him a more dangerous quarterback. Now, you know, he's a below-average scambler, and he could be better than that because he's not a bad athlete. Like I talked to you before the podcast, so it's like, pot, I mean, bootlegs, you know, uh, play-action passes. Every now he does, Evan does scramble. He can run. He needs to expand that part of his game, right? That, that's something that he's missing. His arm power is better than you think. He can push the ball, push the ball down the field with ease, right? And you know, he he. I talked about his delivery being long, long and deliberate, and that's something I wish he would get a little bit better at. There's no variety of releases or anything over that, but because of his size and the way he does release the ball, he's one of those few quarterbacks that can throw over the line of scrimmage. People in his face, and he can still kind of just stand tall and get his arm up high and throw a 15-yard in cut over the middle. Mm-hmm. I give a lot. There's, there's plays like that to be had in the NFL a lot, and we don't give them credit sometimes, right? And, and he capitalizes on that. He, he's not going to be able to, like, flick it or throw, like, you know, anything like, oh, I'm about to get hit and let me flick it that way. That's not what he does, all right? Um, what else did I want to say? He's not great off of his back, back foot if he's getting pressure that way, okay? But like I said, he's a really good deep ball thrower. The things with him is, 
you know, he's not going to carry your team. He's not going to do a lot much off schedule, but he sees the field well. He understands the big picture of the game, yeah. and he makes more power throws than you think. Well, and who knows, too? He's got some more confidence. The exactly. coaches had confidence in him. He exactly. showed that he could handle it, and maybe he can take another step forward. Jared Goff saved the Lions, tweeted to you. I like that name. Well done. How impressed were you with Jared Goff last season? How would another successful season from him make you feel about his career? So he's already as high as he's ever been in your rankings. Right. Previous high was 19. That was the summer after the Rams reached the Super Bowl, so yep. now he's 17. What if he does this again? What if he shows that he can do this in back-to-back years? I, I mean, yeah, I don't know if he'll go to the top 10. You know, I don't, I don't know. It depends on that. But I think what if he does it back-to-back, it's so, like, again, the clock stops ticking, and we yeah. go, no, 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 no. You, it, there, he's going to get an extension, right? Yeah. Or he's going to go somewhere and be the starter and well, get another contract Brad extension. Brett Holmes has talked about an extension already so, with, with him there, even though they drafted Hendon Hooker, Hooker right. who's 25. And right. Goff's still only 28 right now. I know. And I didn't even mention Kyler Murray's 25, too. That's a crazy thing it's crazy. some of these guys it in this, really is. this group. They are, they are still young, and Goff at 28 is yeah. still young. Got a lot in front of him. You know, he's improved his game. We'll see if they can continue to improve upon that within their culture and all that. But, yes, it's brought something to him. And like I said, yeah, more of these offensive output is because of him and his ability and, and his, his, his throws and decisions rather than, like I used to say, silver platter plays where it's like, oh, Sean McVay dialed up the first perfect play and the whole defense is screwed and there's a wide-open guy for, for five-yard throw that he's going to run for 70. Can you hit that guy and we'll pay you $40 million a year? And that's what it was. Now it's like – no, no, we're not going to come up with all those shenanigans. we got a bunch of awesome plays, and we're going to call them. And, hey, the 20-yard out route's there. Throw it. I don't care. He's open by seven inches. Throw it. And that's where he has upped his game is his confidence just letting it fly more yeah. and being aggressive that way to where he's became dangerous and somewhat of a playmaker last year. And those are the first time ever I could use those words with Jared Goff. And, and, and he does have some talent around him. He's got a really good offensive line, he which does. I think is the most important sure. thing. But, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown has been awesome, but he was not a top draft pick. And I give Jared Goff some credit in developing him. They've yeah. come together and, and – Ascended together, too. Uh, they got the two new running backs this year. They got Sam Laporta at, uh, at tight end. So, I mean, when you take the offensive line, you take what they have around them. I, is it fair to say that this could be a top five-ish offense this season? I think so. I, I think that's fair to say. There's a lot of pieces there. O-line's legit. You talked about the running back thing. You know, t- Laporta, I mean, you know, that was my second favorite tight end in the draft. Mm-hmm. Jamison Williams, when he does come back from his gambling thing, he's going to be a difference maker. There's been rumors that, like, maybe DeAndre Hopkins might get in the, involved in this conversation with Detroit. I Don't can see jinx them. it. Don't jinx it. Okay, I won't jinx it. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't be shocked. He would fit that style of ball and, hey, wait, I'm open by seven inches. Just hammer it in there to me and I'll catch it. I got strong hands and I'm a physical receiver. He, he would fit all that. I can certainly see that. So we'll see where it goes. We know this is a team that has potential. It's going to be a different year. It's going to be a big year for Jared Goff. Yep. Does he capitalize and get the clock to stop ticking? Or you know, does he leave more meat on the bone and we go, oh, man, I don't know, Detroit needs to, to, to find you know, the quarterback of the future. But this is where it's different, too. They're going to be a better team. You know, where he's hard, too, that quarterback play, you know, and – is offense is really good, like you said. Ben yep. Johnson is really good. We named all the things that go along with it. And then also, when your defense stinks, it doesn't bolden the quarterback because it's just like 
hey, we got to throw and go, and they're just – it's just the, the offensive coordinator is aggressive as hell. It could be different this year if you're in, your, in more 13-10 situations, 17-14 sure. situations, right, to lend itself to a little more pressure on the quarterback in those situations rather than, hey, we're just in a shootout versus the Dolphins and whoever gets the ball last wins, right? There was some of that that does make the game easier for a quarterback. We saw it with Matt Stafford when he was well, with the Lions right. and they were throwing the ball 50 times a game and he got into a rhythm and right. had gaudy numbers. But exactly. I still love Matt Stafford, my second favorite Lion of all time to – the great Barry Sanders, it'll probably be the way it always is until Jack Campbell just comes onto the scene and <laughs> tears everything up. But not Bucky Cox says to us, he goes, screw Chris's rankings. The <laughs> people you. need Ahmed's answer. If you had one season and needed them to take the Lions to a playoff win, who would you rather have leading your team, Ahmed, Stafford or Goff? Now, my love of Matt Stafford, I just said it yeah. once again. I love Matt Stafford. Right. This season, though, and we have not seen Stafford in your rankings yet, so right. I assume he's still coming up. This season, with with what we've seen with Stafford and the injury, I, I would, if if I know and I do have the Lions, and that we got good talent around them, yeah, I would say give me the safer option, who I think still has good upside. I would I would go with golf. You go for with this golf year with the Lions. You'd be worried about for Stafford, age, injury history. Like all a, of we're that. in our window. We right. need a good, reliable year from a quarterback. I, I would take golf over yeah, Stafford. I get that. I mean, again, hey, Stafford's coming up. He's not coming up today. He's going to be in, of course, my rankings, right? Stafford's talent is real, but I think what you're talking about is real too. You know, I, I hear what you're saying there. I don't know what we're going to get out of Stafford too. That's certainly one of the questions I had as I was going through this evaluation as well. How could age and him not being beat up and all that not play into where he's ranked? And he's, he's lower than I've had him in quite some time. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think you're off with what you said there. But I still love Matt Stafford, and I think he is the best Lions quarterback maybe ever. you, know, you got to go back to the Bobby Lane pre-Super Bowl era. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, and he, he might hold that mantle for a long time to come. So his replacement is 17, Jared Goff, as we move to 16 now in the Chris Sims Top 40 quarterback countdown. Here we go. I like how you got all serious there. Like it was a really big-time <laughs> news rain, show rain here. it back in. <laughs> uh, and now this is where we will go to Tennessee – Tennessee, Ryan Tannehill, quarterback of the Titans. So this is going to shock some people maybe that aren't familiar yeah. with the podcast. It's like, Ryan Tannehill, is he even still playing? <laughs> drafted a couple quarterbacks in back-to-back years. I thought he was done and retired. But if you have listened to this podcast the last couple of years, you have always been a proponent of what Ryan Tannehill does. Well, man, yeah. I mean, I go into this with an open mind every year. You know me. I'm not trying to, like, oh, I like this guy because he sent me flowers once, and I'm, uh, you know, I don't he even know what I'm saying. He really you know what you? I'm saying. He, he said one nice thing to me, so I want to keep him in yeah. the top 12 or yeah. 15. Like, I, I try to be as real and honest with myself as I can in this. All Just right? to be clear, he did not send you flowers. He did not send okay. me flowers. He did not. Okay. He did not. All right. Um, but, yes. But, but so, like, you know, the, the headline with Tannehill would be this. Tannehill is not the problem with the Titans. Consistent as it gets, uh, but the question is, does he give the team a championship edge, right? Mm -hmm. And that's probably where we look at, ooh, are they trying to replace him, right? Uh, is Malik Willis? Oh, it's Will Levis, right? He's not the kind of guy that, I don't know, maybe necessarily like walks in the locker room like some of the top quarterbacks, and they go, we got a chance to win today for sure. He's, he's here, right? He's here, right? Now, this, this is a guy that's just an important piece of the puzzle, 
he's a leader, but a quiet leader, right? He's, he's not going to be, to me, the guy that's like, hey, jump on my back, guys, here. I'll carry us today, throw for 400 or do any of that. But it seems like Mike Vrabel is one of those guys that thinks – I think so, too. He can bring it. But Vrabel's, you know, New England. Hey, I, I'm not looking for a – diva quarterback that's looking to be you know the, sh- the star of the show all the time I just want a guy that's gonna you know run the offense lead the troops in the right direction and not be a distraction right there's some of those out there and I think Vrabel believes in that style I mean again I think you can go to the Super Bowl with Ryan Tannehill and win the Super Bowl you know you put Ryan Tannehill on the 49ers a few years ago instead of Jimmy Garoppolo they're the Super Bowl champs period period right and here's where we're going to get into Ryan Tannehill a little bit. One of the most consistent passers in all the NFL. And here's where it's amazing when I watch his film. And I know you guys can all go look at his stats and go, eh, they're not that good. But what's that got to do with Ryan Tannehill? We all have to stop the putting the hall of the team's problems on one player thing we got going on in this world. Right? It's a team sport. Rarely do I come away from a game and studying him and say, man, yards, points, completions, they were all left on the field. Oh, man, he left so many plays. I mean, not at all. In fact, I look at it and go, he's one of the better maximizers of what an offense has to get. I mean, what I talked about with his consistent passing and all that, he's he's fearless decision and makes has unreal confidence in his accuracy to throw the ball in the tight windows. I mean, he throws balls, Ahmed, consistently where you watch it and you go, <gasps> oh, strike, okay. Like you go, that's going to be a pick. I can't believe he's going to throw that. Boom, on the money. Oh, he's throwing an out route against Green Bay. It looks like it's going to get an undercut. Boom, bullseye, strike, yeah, a 12-yard gain. Looks like it was going to be a pick six. Boom. It's just so much of that. He's amazing that way. He's fearless in the pocket, right? Mechanics are flawless, never loses control of the ball, great deep ball thrower, right? Doesn't need much room for his release, all right? Doesn't have a variety or anything like that, um, but his motion is tight, so he can hang in there with people around him and make some big throws still. Fearless decision, like I said, as far as the power throws. He's another one where, like a Jared Goff or whatever, and this is even more so, where you go, this is an above-average NFL athlete. There's a guy that went to Texas A&M as a Division One wide receiver. He needs to run more. He's got a little bit of that Daniel Jones, what we used to talk about, Statue of Liberty in there, where you're just like, move. You're on the third read. It's not there. Move. Like, get out. You're too good of an athlete. You throw the ball well on the run. That's where he could definitely be better. He does not have a lot of variety of releases. So that's, you know, we, we those are the negatives. Let alone we talked about he's not the guy that's necessarily going to be a le- leader or give the team an edge. You know, not that that's bad, but it's not a positive either, I guess is what I'm saying there in that department. Diana Rossini, who covers uh, a lot of teams for ESPN, says that this is his team. He is the guy. That's the impression that she has gotten. Will Levis will have to work for it. Malik Willis, too. And uh, this is what Mike Vrabel said. He goes, uh, um, Ryan will be the starting quarterback on Monday for the OTAs. Malik will be the backup. Will will be the third quarterback. And that's what I've told him. Whatever happens after that will be up to the players. That's what it's always been a here that's why we that's what we always want it to be and so it will be still a a competition but you wonder if that will 
I mean, it seemed to motivate Ryan Tannehill last year. Remember that whole thing? It's like, I'm not his mentor. I'm not his coach. It's not my right. responsibility. Right. And now they do it two years in a go. He said recently it's a little bit like deja vu. Yeah. I do feel like that could light a little bit more of a fire for Ryan Tannehill. Sure. I, I, and I think he's realistic. He knows. He knows he's the kind of guy that's like, man, I'm good. People in the NFL world respect me, but I'm the kind of guy the fans always want to go, oh, we could do better. We could get somebody else. Right. And I want to go, be careful what you wish for, because, hmm, let me see. How did the team look last year when Ryan Tannehill didn't play? Mm. Oh, that's right. Like shit. They looked like shit without him. So here it was with Tannehill. They were 6-6, six and six, 18 points a game. Without him, they were just 1-4. and four. Their passing offense just basically went away. Just, it was just 211 yards with Tannehill, 114 without him. Uh, total yards per game were about the same because Derrick Henry had to pick up the slack after that. Yeah. Uh, but in those five games, they had nine turnovers. Um, so, yeah. And, I mean, maybe that's more to who they were replacing him with. That's and not part as much of it. Ryan Tannehill. Part but. of it. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. They, you know, that's probably why the GM, John Robinson, got fired, too, because they were like, what? You drafted a backup quarterback in Malik Willis, who's really raw, and now our quarterback got hurt. We're screwed, right? So, you know, that, that, that was not an easy situation for the Titans. But, Damn, this is still a really good football player. He really is. You know, I hey, he I wish he had better backyard backyardness to his game, right? He can lock onto a receiver. Like, hey, everybody in the world has got down on him ever since the Bengals playoff game interceptions, right? And I would say, like that first interception, that's one of his negatives. Where you go, yeah, he can he's got such great confidence in his arm and his accuracy. He can stare down people a little too long at times, right? But, man, other than that, like I said, I'm big in decision-making. What was left on the field? Did we take the five-yard completion when there was a 30-yarder to, begin, to, to be had? He never misses in that department. And the last thing I want to say, just to end the conversation, is who the hell did he have around him to make him look so good at receiver last year anyways? Well, that's the problem. Exactly. Even going into this year, yeah. too, right? You have Derrick Henry at running back, but I'm looking at his wide receiver options. I'm like, okay, Traylon Burks is his best option, and we don't even know how good Traylon Burks no, really is No, he needs yet. to jump on the scene here in a big way yeah they're this is a a a questionable position group with them the titans are a team right now you kind of look at and go yeah what what are the titans gonna be as far as a football team this year that's what i'm i'm not totally i'm not totally sure what they're gonna be are are they are they built on defense because it's not like their defense was lights out or as good as we've seen with the Tennessee Titans be in the previous years no I think they're gonna I think they're kind of in a semi rebuild and Rabel's gonna manage the shit out of these games and they're gonna have unbelievable defensive game plans and I think their defense will be better than people realize and they're just gonna rely on hey Vrabel defense will look good we'll run the ball Tannehill will be efficient and hit the big plays when they're there, and we just hope to be ugly in the playoffs at some point, and then ugly win a few playoff games to go along with it. But, yeah, sexiness in the pass game, I don't know if I see that. Like you said, I mean, is there really – seriously, is there anybody else worthy talking about out of their receiving group that, like, is a household name? No. No, right? Westbrook Akina is there – is there other go-to guy other than Traylon Burks? They got some tight ends with some potential, and we'll see that where that goes. But, again, that's where I'm here to do this ranking, to tell you that this guy is better than what stats and everything say. And you could, if you put him in some different situations, he'd look a lot better than what he looks like. He's in a tough spot that's not necessarily conducive to 
awesomeness at the quarterback position. Going to be starting his 11th NFL season, his fifth with the Titans, turns 35 in July. So you know what? The t- uh, clock is ticking on Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, which it is literally exactly is ticking why, with him. You're why right. he is in this group. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you need for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. So we move on to 15. We got two more quarterbacks to do. And this is these last two of this tier. This is this is this is a tough spot here. It was interesting. So we'll start with 15. And that person is the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, Geno Smith, man. I wish you could watch Geno with me because Geno is one of those where if we watched it, you'd go, damn, Geno's good. Damn, what a throw. His arm strength and pocket movement wows me when I watch on film. Of all the quarterbacks we're going to talk about today. He is the one you gushed about the most as we before the up pod, for the podcast. Right? Yes. Yeah, it's because it, it, it's wowing. It is when you really start to break it down, you know. And and listen, he was in my original draft after I started watching this guy. He was right here in this region for the reasons I'm saying. But yeah, I mean, it's it's like you watch him and you go, "Whoa, his arm strong." You go, "Whoa, does he throw a perfect spiral every throw?" Right? Whoa, he's got a really quick release. Whoa, off his back foot, he can throw unbelievable throws with ease. Whoa, with his feet like hopping in the air like Aaron Rodgers, he can flick it and throw a 12 yard out route and his feet aren't on the ground. Right? His physical ability is wowing. It's wowing. And I know that's hard, like, because everyone's like, wait, he's a backup quarterback for 25 years before he finally got a chance, yeah. right? And all that. But. That's that's what's amazing. And then you talk about being a big dude and then um, can run and scramble on top of that. I, I'd look at that and just go, wow. I mean, there's a lot of positives to Gino. The biggest negative that I can come away with is, is I, I got to see it again. It's one year, and I don't know if it's – can he replicate it? Is this who he is? Or was that just a one-year, ooh, we – you know, energy bump and nobody expected us to win in Seattle and all these type of things and just the stars align the right way? We'll, well see, but I'm guessing not. Seattle's wondering that too because yeah. they did give him that three-year contract extension this offseason, but not a ton of security. I think no fully guaranteed money after right. this season. Right. And even Pete Carroll, though, said that Gino was gambling a little bit on himself. Yes. So that indicates that maybe there were deals out there for Seattle. Maybe they would have been open to giving some guaranteed money. But Gino's like, no, I can do it again. And my payday is going to be even more because everyone is thinking it might have just been a one-hit wonder. I think so. So if, if this happens again next year, is it just because he finally got the opportunity and the weapons around him to showcase it? Or has there been a fundamental 
difference with Geno, the quarterback, at what now, 32 years old? I, I don't think he just – he never got those opportunities to show himself again. You know, that was really the big thing. Sometimes, like, you know, as a player, I can speak to this to my own personal self where, you know, again, I'm not trying to say I was ever a top 15 quarterback in football. What I'm trying to say is, though, that, you know, like, I got hurt. I never really got a chance to play – an extended period of time to show people that I was back to being close to what I was before the hurt. And then, Oh, a little preseason here. And he got in a drive in the regular season game and really didn't do anything great. And all of a sudden the perception goes becomes, well, he just, he's not been the same since the injury. Right. And I think that's what happened to Gino a little bit like, Oh, there must be something missing with the guy. Something, something because nobody ever got to see it enough. Or got mm-hmm. to see it, especially in a real game situation, to finally go, you know what? We're going to pay him a lot of money to come in to be the backup here. Like, he never caught those opportunities. I think the and, – and, again, maybe he wouldn't have been ready for it six, six years ago. Who knows? All I know is right now the stars have aligned where he's put in a spot and he is the perfect quarterback for the weapons they got around him. And he can capitalize on all that's there to be had. That's what I love. I mean, when you, I mean, Amin, he looks to strike, you know, again, he is looking to make big plays through the air with his arm, right? Moves in the pockets like the good ones, like you've been hearing me say. It's move, hey, wait, I know this coverage. I know this big throw is going to be here. Oh, wait, I got pressure. I'm not just going to, like, abandon ship or throw the ball away or, or tuck it down and start running. I'm going to just, like, slide a little bit because I'm gonna, I want to unleash the, cr- the crack in here and throw mm-hmm. a 30-yard laser down the middle. I mean, he leaves nothing on the field. You want to talk about, like, things we talked about with Tannehill a second ago or, or some of the other guys, like uh, Jared Goff not being able to throw off his back foot. Yeah. Man, Geno Smith. I mean, first off, the one thing you don't realize or I didn't give them credit for going back to watch is they were horrible pass protecting. I don't know what their his pressure number was, but he was under pressure a ton and made a ton of throws with, again, back to the Kyler Murray thing, right, and some of those where I go pocket collapsing people all around him and instead of looking for the check down or somewhere to run, just stands in there and throws strikes and big-time high-level throws. And that's where, you know, I, I was really, I think, a little bit in awe of how many great high-level throws he made throughout the year yeah. under bad pass protection. And, you know, has great touch and a variety of clubs to go along with it. I, I got a lot of positive things to say about Geno Smith. Yeah, I think you, you were tell. predisposed to liking him because the numbers bear that out on his deep downfield passing, 20 or more yards downfield. He had 32 completions last year. That was second most in football. This includes the wow. playoffs. His completion percentage was almost 50%, which was the fourth best. You saw the pass touchdowns, 15 of those. that were Balls traveling 20 or more yards down the field. That was number one in the NFL, and his passer rating was number two. So, I mean, with those numbers. It's and, everything. And the weapons he has. And they did try to beef up the offensive line. They yes, got a they couple did. guys on in the draft. Yeah. And a, a rookie free agent after the draft, too. Right. And, and they got their, the rookie tackles from last year. Or they're going to be good, so it, it'll cross. be better, right? Yep. So, I mean, I asked you this about the, the Lions being the top-five offense. I think that the yes. Seattle Seahawks have better skill position, position people. It's just a matter of can the, can the line you know, protect Geno yeah. Smith. But right. if they take a step forward there, I mean, not even top-five. I mean, with the weapons they have and how they fit together, I, I mean, I don't know. This could be... This could be one of the best offenses in football. I, I don't disagree. 
The guy played awesome football. He played – he had a season that was one of the seven, six or seven best seasons in football at the quarterback position. Could he be a top ten quarterback? That doesn't mean he gets to be the sixth or seventh yeah, quarterback right. in this ranking yet, right? right? I got It's only one year. And I know there's going to be some guys that are in front of them here that they didn't have as good a year, but I'm going to go, okay, they, you know, I'm not going to just necessarily put Geno in front of them because of one year and go, oh, now he's a better player than that guy. No way. You know, I, I got to see a little bit more too. But, man, to your point, I mean, the potential is real. They're, they're scarier. They're talent-wise. They don't have your Detroit Lions offensive line. Right. And they don't have the offense that's as creative as Ben Johnson. Uh, that would be another thing where, you know, their offense is good. It's better than years past, but it's still one where I go, eh, I wish it was a hair more creative. Had a few more answers for things there. Um, but, you know, the other thing, too, that was really impressive for a guy who hasn't played as well or hasn't played a lot and also is an aggressive decision maker, like we're talking about, and you heard me say this before the pod, you know, he, he was not protected well, and he was in a lot of situations where you're like, whoa, there's people around you, and don't do something stupid here. Don't be getting swung to the ground and try to throw the ball over the middle like, you know, Jameis Winston stuff or whatever. Right. He did a great job of not making bad situations worse. He is a great, you know, break or governor to know, like, okay – you know, this is aggressive, but this is stupid, right? And that's where he was really good. Does he makes a ton of plays where people are getting close to bringing him to the ground. He throws a five-yard out route and gets five yards, and you're like, whoa, what arm strength and the ability to get it out there and do that, you know? So he did a really good job in things like that where I wouldn't expect for as little as he's played to be as good as in, in some of those departments. You had him probably higher than anyone in the football analytics community had him last year. You had him as the, the 33rd quarterback, um, which now you wish you probably would have had him even higher than that. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people last year thought that he was not going to play. It was going to be Drew Locke's job. You know, they traded Russell Wilson. They got the young guy. It's time for a rebuilding year. Drew Locke's going to win that job. And so I think most people saw that the, the writing on the wall, like, oh, here's Geno again, another yeah, backup year. Right. And it has been completely different. He Who broke knows? that perception. He did. Right? He, he didn't write it. back. He didn't write back. And that's another thing. Like, he's got a little edge about him. They rallied around Geno a little. They like Geno. I know that. I've talked to people out there. Pete Carroll likes him. They think he's a good leader for their football team. He's just right. And I think coming off the guy they had right before that, you know, they're just, he's a little refreshing. So Seahawks fans are like, oh, this is awesome. Chris loves our guy. He's 15. He could move up even higher next year. He's a lot better than that guy he replaced. <laughs> As we go to number 14 in your rankings. Number 14, Russell Wilson. What? Let's ride. Despite all the good things you just said about Geno. Yeah. Right. I mean, could Russell have done that last year in Seattle? I think so. I mean, Geno's really damn good, Like you, like I said. Russell's really damn good, too. Russell's situation was tough last year. And to what we were just saying, all right, Russell, you know, it's I can't just because of one year, and Geno's year was better. I know that. But still, I, I can't put him in front of Russell Wilson with the body of work and still where he's at physically as a football player. You know, one thing I'd say about Russell, hey, he looked lost last year. But I still think he can turn it around. The situation or the difficulty of his situation, I should say, I should say was worse than I remember when I went back and started to break him down. He couldn't run the ball. 
I mean, like Geno, it was horrible pass protection. It was worse than Geno's pass protection, right? I mean, and he was in a new system and a place and all that. And I think all those things led to a less than what we're used to Russell Wilson. You see what Gabby did to him right there? No, let me see that again. I missed it. season ranks, less right. hide. Yeah. I mean, you don't <laughs> want to you you close your eyes when yeah. you, when you right. look at that. Yeah, I mean, completion percentage was 30th. I mean, you had him 7th. Uh, last year in this, he was fifth the year before that, and then he was two, third, two. Like you've had, you've looked at him as like a top five quarterback for a long, long time. Definitely. And he goes to fourteen, so this is a big drop. But I think for most people out there, they would have thought they would drop even more. Maybe because you were one of the first people last year to sound the alarm on Russell Wilson. Definitely. You go, he is not looking good. He does not look the same. He is not looking to run. He is. He is watching. The, the, the rush and where rush it's coming from. Much. You were one of the first people to say that, and then everyone else started saying it. Yeah. So I think some people would be surprised that you, of all people, still feel like it was not all him. Yeah. And the situation dragged him down even more than maybe you even previously I, thought. I, I think so. But, you know, again, I'm not trying to give him a free pass here either. Like, oh, well, I mean, I stand by what I said. They're still there where at a point where you go, man, you're, just, you're Russell Wilson. You're too good to not throw that ball or see that. But I think all the a lot of stuff was playing into that, and I guess that's where I'm giving him a little bit of a, you know, reprieve, free pass, whatever you want to say there, that maybe I didn't quite give it the credit for the situation being as tough during the season as I do right now, and that's where I would say. But like, like you heard me say, it's like he didn't trust his eyes last year. He didn't trust what he was seeing. He was watching the pass rush way too much. There were games where you go. Man, he left like eight completions for 150 yards on the field here because he didn't. He was looking at the rush or looking to run or didn't want to get off the first read and go to the second read and was, you know, I still think looking at the rush. But here's the other thing too. You know, I explained the situation not being conducive to being awesome at quarterback, certainly, right? He still has elite physical ability. You know, I think that's another part. I think like... During the year, you know, maybe it was a little negative on his physical ability because I was holding him to a standard of like Russell Wilson still three or four years ago. Have the skills declined to a degree? Sure. But like, again, this is where the exercise is awesome. When I start to watch them one after another, right? And I, I, I go, well, oh, good thing I did this because Russell's arm is stronger than this guy. It's stronger than this guy. It's stronger than this guy. Oh, yeah, Russell lost a step. But he's still faster than that guy and faster than this guy and faster than that guy and more mobile than this guy, right? So sometimes you lose it as compared to where the standard of the player was in your mind. And I think maybe I wasn't as, um, you know, forgiving of him as I should have been in that department. Coming into this exercise, did you feel like you'd have Gino ahead of Russell? I did. I did. I tossed with this. I had Gino in front of Russell for this ranking. The whole like my my last draft had Gino in front of Russell, but as you saw in my group text last night, and Morgan laughed as she's sitting here. I kept walking by, it going, I can't fucking put Gino in front of Russell Russell Wilson. All right, let me walk by. Let me go flip the stakes. I come back again and go, I can't fucking put Gino in front of Russell Wilson just because of one year. Even though the year was better, I know that. I just can't say he's a better quarterback still at this point. You know, like I said, there was some things, you know, that worked in favor for Geno, worked against Russell Wilson. But, you know, like I said, this is still an explosive arm. His, he can get it out 
so much faster than I realize he can at times. That's the one thing I did not give him credit for. Also, I'll say this too. He's got more releases than I felt like I saw in years past, but more than I give him credit for too. There's a lot of sidearm throws or let me just flick it real quick and get it out whatever way I got to do just to get this done. You know, so that's where, you know, it's, it's impress, impression, but like impressive, I should say, mm-hmm. but like pocket presence and patience in the pocket, that all went backwards. That was the thing that's just like, hey, stand in there, read the play out. Don't look at the rush, right? Don't abandon the pocket. The pocket's fine. Just because the first read's not there, don't run, right? And again, there was games and plays where, you know, you can get into it and go, whoa, I mean, he makes some throws in the Chiefs game late in the year where you just go, I mean, they're they're top-notch. Like, only a few people in football could do that, right? Uh, But then he has games where it's the Rams late in the year and he makes a few bad decisions and you go, why are you trying to force that? But they're not good. They can't get anything going on offense and he's taking it upon himself to make it go. And that's where you start to go, yeah, well, I, you know, I watched the first eight passes and nobody was open. So on pass number nine, he tried to make it happen because he's getting paid $250 million, right? Yep. And that's where I tried to give a little bit of, like, I guess leeway a little bit for the situation he was in. And we want to see it. We want to see him with a little bit of a beefed-up offensive line now with Ben Powers coming over from Baltimore, right? Mike yeah. McGlinchey coming over yeah. from San Francisco. They're be huge. And now he's got Sean Payton, who said about Russ, he goes, Russell is a hard worker and has played at a high level and won a lot of games in the league. The pressure is on us to put a good run game together and reduce the degree of difficulty on his position. Yes. I'm excited about him. He's, he's got the perfect guy. I mean, this guy's going to re- rebuild him, retool him, rewire him, and teach him things he didn't know. And I think that's going to be the big thing. And see, that's where, you know, I get back into that where, you know, you can't run the ball and they can't pass protect, right? It, it, and you're the new quarterback and you're expected to be the savior. I think it just led to some bad habits where he just, he tried to take over and do things with the, just his physical ability. And the team wasn't good enough to even help him in that department, let alone, yeah, his physical ability is not like I was saying five years ago where he could probably, five years ago he could probably been in that situation and scrambled like he did in the 49ers game to beat them early in the year and done that a whole bunch of times and got them out of trouble a bunch. And we'd have been like, man, they won the game. Russell's amazing, even though they couldn't run it or protect it. No, he can't do that to the same extent anymore. He yeah. needs to work the offense more. He needs to trust what he sees there, right? Uh, but like I said, he still has game-changing physical skills, right? And he just has to get back to playing the position uh, 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 the right way. And he's another guy, I would say, like I said about some guys last week, where last year was a more collection of plays rather than running an offense. Still has great touch power, and he's a phenomenal deep ball thrower still. And still can make wow plays. I just wrote at the end, not sure I gave credit to how bad they were in the situation he was in. There's one person that doesn't think that necessarily Sean Payton will cure all the ills for the Denver Broncos offense. That's major win one. Says to you, Sean Payton is the Doc Rivers of the NFL. He won once, hasn't been back. 
Russ has two Super Bowl appearances and a better playoff record. Sean's job should be in jeopardy more than Russell's, right? He goes, longtime fan, first-time tweeter. Oh, That's a cool. hot take from That's Major a, Win One. Was that, was that Russell's burner account right there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fire the coach again. Well, I don't want to say that right there, right? I, I don't think Sean Payton is the uh, – first off, I got respect for Doc Rivers, so yeah. I'm not so sure So maybe he is the that. Doc Rivers <laughs> yeah, of the NFL, but you like Doc Rivers. Well, like, Sean Payton, where I would say it's different, and I don't know enough about the basketball specifics, but Sean Payton is definitely one of the best offensive minds we've seen in the history of football, right? To me, he made a quarterback in Drew Brees who was really good, and he made him look great, right? That, that, that to me, is where he's special. And I think he really knows how to support the quarterback and take the pressure of all that's there on the quarterback and, and simplify it and make the game a little easier that way. You know, and again, don't don't get all into team things and comparing individuals by using team accolades, right? You know, Sean Payton probably would have gone in the Super Bowl more times too if he if he had the Legion of Boom on defense and all yeah. that too. I mean, it's just different different scenarios there. I think both are to be respected. Um um, and Sean Payton's in not, no jeopardy of losing his job anytime soon. Mr. Van Nice <laughs> says, guys, assuming that Russell Wilson and Ryan Tannehill have cracked the top 20, who is on the hottest seat for the start of the upcoming mm. season? So Ryan Tannehill's got a couple, you know, got a rookie and a second-year guy and Malik Willis and Will Levis behind them, and you got Russell Wilson who's got the security of that big contract. Yeah, but, but also the pressure of it, too. Pressure of it, and right. Jarrett Stidham, who's better than Levis and – Malik Willis right now is behind Russell Wilson, so yeah, and they and Sean Payton wants to win now, definitely. Too. Oh, like I, I said, like if Russell Wilson struggles the first four or five weeks, he's gonna get benched, and they're gonna play Jared Stidham. Like he, he's not gonna get a free pass here for sure. Man, they're both under a lot of pressure. They really are. The pressure, I think, with Russell Wilson is probably greater. Higher expectations. High for expectations. That club. The contract. Sean Payton. I think he's very aware of his legacy. He went to this place because he wanted to be at a place where he could be the Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, make offenses around me. I'm going to carry the team. So I would say it's more on him. You know, there, Tannehill, there's pressure, but I think they're also a team that doesn't make it all about the quarterback and the people behind him. I don't think are as threatening, like you're saying, as Jared Stidham is right now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, and I think Russell's under more pressure here. So they better win. Bet MGM has the numbers for the Broncos and their odds this season. Uh, they're over-under win total this year. That's nine. So to make the playoffs, they're not favored to do that, plus 180, but not a long shot either. Uh, to win the AFC West, that's more of a long shot at plus 500. Sean Payton to win Coach of the Year is plus 1,000. I, I, I might throw... Something on that. I feel I, like that's a, those are one of those are those long shots that like you go if you got extra change, that's the one you take because like if they go eleven and six or ten and seven, and we're gonna and Russell Wilson is one of the top five quarterbacks in football, everyone's gonna go well. Fucking Sean Payton turned around Russell Wilson and the Broncos, and Russell Wilson looked like he was about to be relegated to a backup quarterback, and now he's an MVP again, right? Yeah. So that's where I'm with you on that one, Ahmed. We got similar odds there on the bottom. You saw that Russell Wilson, MVP, plus 4,000. Uh, Patrick Sertan, Defensive Player of the Year, plus 4,000. So the exact same odds. So if you had to choose one or the other, I guess it's 50-50. What, what do you think has a better chance of happening? Russell Wilson bringing it all back together, the story and everything like you just mentioned, him winning MVP, or Patrick Sertan winning Defensive Player of the Year? I would probably say him winning MVP. Yeah. 
I just, you know, I don't know. Sean Payton, quarterback position. We know how wins get, you know, you win some games. The quarterback gets the credit for that, right? Yeah, when does, uh, does the DB win that often, the defensive player of the year? No, I mean, it's not a ton. It's, like it's, I'm edge. trying to think. Yeah, it's been more of an, an a. Stephon, Stephon Gilmore, Gilmore won it, right? I mean, Ramsey's been in the conversation but never got it. You know, Darrell Revis, of course, won it, I think, once or twice back in the day. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's not always that position. Yeah. Uh, the Broncos, to me, uh, they're a team to, I, I would say, watch out for. I would. It's just, you know, again, they go back into the conversation of, like, okay, you're probably in the toughest division in football. Right. That's rough, right? You know, the schedule itself is tough. You know, so, you know, how can they, how can they do get, you know, what kind of start are they going to get off to? Raiders and Commanders to start the year. Dolphins, Bears. I think, you know, this is a team that's the defense should be good. I would expect them to be better with the defense being good, Vance Joseph being the D coordinator. And then, of course, think the offense is going to take a step up. I mean, I think the Broncos have the pieces to be a fringe playoff football team. I do. Action never stops at BetMGM. You can sign up now using the bonus code SIMS. Your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. So say you bet $100 on Sean Payton to win Coach of the Year. If you win, you'll get $1,000. But if you lose, you get $100 worth of free bets. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com. Enter the bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000, as I mentioned before. And bet responsibly. Bet responsibly. And read the fine print, how you get those $1,000 back and what you got to do. That's That's right. Always be careful about that stuff. Thank you. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again. Goal for the United States. Unbelievable. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. I'm ready to go. Streaming now only on Peacock. Five rich and famous international soccer stars. They have everything except love. I think girls in the past have gone for me because of what I've got. That's why we're going undercover. We're setting them up with single American women. They don't know we are famous. They don't know we are rich. And they'll have to hide their true identity. What do you do for work? I'm an ad salesman. (laughs) Oh, God. What am I doing? Love Undercover. New series streaming now only on Peacock. Uh, Thanks to BetMGM for all that information. So here we go. We got our latest tier locked in. There it is. There it is. Uh, the clock's ticking. We could fit that all in there. Good job, Morgan. Uh, so those quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, who could still move up into the top 10, Chris says. He's not relegated to 14 Kyler, through 19. Well, here's what's interesting about this group. I think Kyler, Russell, and Gino have top 10 physical ability. Mm. Okay? That's where I would say. And yes, if they can put it all together, play the position the right way, right? 
you know, have some people around them to support them the right way. I think they can all show that type of ability. Those would be the three guys in that group where I could say, I really think they could be they could be big risers, or they could be the ones next year we could look at and go, they moved up ten spots or twelve spots. Yeah. You know, they have that type of potential. Our last group was S or get off the pot, as I like to say, and there were some uh, questions about that. Yeah, there's some uh, from Forty Nine er land. From Forty Nine er land. Oh, Forty Nine er land. That's always going to be a prominent part of our. They're podcast. usually we mad like at where I rank Jimmy Garoppolo. It's the other quarterback. Oh, now. it's that guy. Okay. Paul Kendrick Fay tweets into you says, "Is there a prove it factor to having Brock Purdy below Jimmy? Because 49er fans saw Brock was able to do more with more with his willingness, ability to throw the deeper ball, while Jimmy's mobility and pocket awareness were less than." To borrow a couple of Simsisms there, so uh, Paul, thanks for uh, using the terminology. And yeah, what what do you think? Because yeah, a lot of 49er fans would be like, I would take Brock Purdy in a heartbeat over Jimmy Garoppolo. You had Jimmy at 22, you had Brock at 26. I, I wasn't ready to go there yet. Yeah, there's definitely a little bit more of a prove it factor. I also think that people got to look. You know, if they went back and we watched film of Jimmy Garoppolo, you'd go, Damn, he did play good last year. You know. I know Brock Purdy got to be a part of the team was just getting right and got to go on the run at the end of the year. So everybody goes, well, look what he did. And the team was, well, yeah, you know, Jimmy got part was unfortunately part of the year where the team was working out some kinks, had some injuries, wasn't playing their best football and they were starting to play their best football and boom, he got hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you know, again, that's what I think we go back and watch Jimmy. It was a lot of good decisions, big time throws, standing in the pocket, you know, I mean, what were you know, Jimmy's Jimmy's stats last year? 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, right? I mean, you know, threw the ball down the field, was accurate, all of that. Uh, I, I mean, Jimmy played really damn good. And I would say, too, you know, and again, Brock Purdy was really good, too. Yeah, I want to see more from Brock before I can just say, oh, he's a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, You know, the team was hitting on all cylinders more when Brock Purdy took over, so he, he got to benefit from that. But I would say if we took, like, you know, missed throws or plays last year, Brock Purdy would probably have more than Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just the, the 49ers, we kind of hit on it in the playoff game with the Seahawks. And I know we hit it on the podcast the next day. Yeah, And if you think back about the game, early in the game, there was, I mean, he missed some wide open, they should have been up. They were still wide open later in the game, so it didn't matter, and we all forgot about it, and they won. But that's, you know, that's something that I always talk about, right? Where, yeah, they were so good, we forgot about his mistakes. Yeah, didn't need you to know? take advantage of everything Everything, right. And I, and I feel like, yes, if we went back and went, you know, tick for tack or however they say it, whatever, that Garoppolo last year actually left less on the field than, than Brock Purdy did. You had Baker Mayfield at 24. Weekend mustache says to you, can't wait for my dude Baker Mayfield to go off down in Tampa and regain some national attention. Only thing that worries me is Todd Bowles. Now, if Bruce Arians was running the show, no question, yeah, Baker I hear would you. be going off. I hear you, weekend mustache. It's impressive that you can grow one just on the weekend and then be clean shaven <laughs> on the week. Right. But, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm a believer in Baker's talent. You know that. I think he's got all the tools to be a big-time NFL quarterback. What you're talking about, yeah, they're, they, can they run the ball? Can they protect? And, yeah, is Todd Bowles going to play a let's play defense and run the ball and 
not worry about the quarterback or do anything to get him in rhythm type of game. I don't know where I got that accent from, yeah. but uh, yeah. just I was trying to do old school football coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that that's yeah, I, I understand that worry there. Yeah, if Bruce Arians was the guy, they'd be op- you know wide open offense. I think it fit Baker Mayfield. He is a no risk it no biscuit type of guy with a big arm. Uh, but yeah, that team's got some questions, and like we talked about earlier, I mean, I think we look at them and go, they're not as good as the Saints or the Atlanta Falcons on paper right now. Right. Yeah. But I want him to play well. I would oh, love to I see Baker too. play well. I'd he love got, to see all these He got really well. screwed over. I, yeah. I'm, I'm rooting for Baker as much as anybody in the top 25 because of the way Cleveland screwed him over and then just being in, you know, some tough situations last year. All right. Pete, do we have one more? I see Pete writing oh, in one he's more question. He's Tua. like, do we have Here one we go. more? Oh, yeah, we got to get. we are coming to assassinate you later <laughs> yeah, today, yeah, Mr. Yeah, Sims. Yeah, exactly. Uh, from like, two and on. Those weren't as uh, hateful as we usually like in the Ask Me Anything, and so we needed to go to and on. I'll say, uh, Pete tried to find a question, but none of them were safe enough to be said on the pod, apparently. <laughs> Darn so, it. You know now what? I'm intrigued, and I'm going to have to go no. look through. No, don't. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, though, you know what? And I've always said, those aren't homies. Those, those, aren't, those are just I people that want to I didn't even look at it this weekend. I didn't because I, I wasn't going to let it ruin my weekend. My favorite like, one was like it was the Dolphins fan, who was, who was a homie, I think. It was yeah. like, if... If uh, he's outside the top 15, we march. We storm the castle. And it was like they already realizing that 15 is about right for Tua. <laughs> you had him at 21. Right. Um, and I'd like to see Tua play well. Like I said, I'd like to see all these quarterbacks play well because NFL is better when the quarterbacks are playing at a I hear level. you. I don't root against any of them. I, I don't. I root against some of you haters who hate on me for what <laughs> I say about it sometimes. Yeah. But it's not against, not against the players at all. Yeah. Right. And And as, you know. I talked about when I made the list and all that. That 9 through 21, 22 range, holy crap, was that tough. Uh, It's nitpicky there, and uh, it'll be nitpicky with our next pod and the next group of guys we talk about. All right, and we'll do that on Thursday. Thursday. We're all thrown off I'm all messed up. I know. I don't even know what that is. Damn, it was hard waking up today. It was hard. It hurt me. Woof. I was out in the sun too much yesterday. And the drinky, drinky, Pool, smoky, smoky. Drinky, drinky, smoky, smoky. One-on-one basketball with Phillip. Yeah, that's a physical day. It was a physical day, right? I was dehydrated. I, 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 need, to, I need to go <laughs> yeah. uh, replenish myself. Yeah, here. you probably got right up and drank some coffee. Didn't yeah, even make it worse. I did. Seriously, right. Exactly. <laughs> yep, no doubt. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the countdown. There it was, 19 through 14 in the books, right? 14. Yeah, we got to 14. We did. All right. You know where to find us. Keep sending them the questions. We'll read them if they're polite, okay? Yes. And if they're intelligent. Yeah. If you're a jerk, uh, maybe we'll read them. We'll see. All right, Ahmed, thanks again, as always. Yep. Manning down the ship here. We'll be back on Thursday. We'll release the next group. Hope everybody's good. Having a good, nice few days. And I am not closing out very good today. (laughs) Clap it up. Clap it up. There we go. We got it. We got it back.